Hello and welcome back to the Leaders Who Love What They Do podcast. I'm Anne Collins and today I'm going to be talking about a subject that I think is really important for a lot of leaders and it's all about time management. It's something that comes up a lot for clients, particularly at the beginning of their coaching journey. And it's something that also comes up quite a lot when people are thinking about whether to have coaching um, because they're wondering about, well, do I have the time to do the coaching? So often we find that what's what's stopping people from actually taking that first step is actually a big part of the coaching journey. So I thought it might be useful to talk about that today and to and to give some steps forward of how you can start to really work on time management, but hopefully in a slightly different way. So I have a, a three-step process that I tend to use with, with my clients, and I've used it for myself as well. And so I'm going to share that with you today. So first of all, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm certainly, I'm somebody who used to always reply, oh, I'm really busy, when anyone asked me how I was. And, and it was true. I did feel busy. And in fact, I felt too busy. And when I started coaching, I noticed that this was something that was coming up a lot and I started noticing noticing it more um, in the people around me and the people I was speaking to not just not just clients and I started to pick up on this as as, as almost it seemed like a, a stock response for many of us and when listening to my clients I recognized their stories as my own and with them I started to question this narrative of I'm too busy or I'm really busy and I really wondered, well, why is that? Why am I? Why am I saying that? Is it actually true? And I, firstly, I think it it felt true, but I also think, if I'm being really honest, I think I was holding on to a very safe conversational stopper, because when we say we're too busy, it's actually an easy way to say no to things, and it's also an easy way to stop any kind of further analysis. It it tends to move the conversation on into another direction, and some may even say that there's a certain amount of status around it, and and it's certainly true that those in high level positions frequently are very busy and work long hours. But by saying that we're very busy. It, uh, it, it, there, there comes with it a certain notion of status and even even success, and and I and I wonder about that whether you know whether that is um, is something we want to hold on to in um, in our culture. That's for another podcast, maybe. But I I think what is certainly true for myself and also for many of my clients that essentially this is not about time. Being too busy was also a way of of bringing um, bringing a cop out really into the conversation, it avoided putting emotions into words because maybe actually what I wanted to say was that I was tired or fed up or frustrated, or even on the positive side, actually feeling very energized by the amount of work that I had. But I wasn't saying that. I was just saying I'm too busy. I'm really busy. And the interesting thing about this response is that the ambiguity is acceptable, in fact, and that we rarely look either in ourselves or in others. We rarely look further for the real causes of feeling either overwhelmed, tired or overstretched or perhaps needing to show our worth or, in fact, actually enjoying having that amount of work and enjoying the busyness. So we weren't delving into that. We're just moving on. 
And I just wonder, what, what do we lose by using this phrase, I'm too busy, as our stock response? And I think we actually lose quite a lot. We, we, lose, we lose the possibility and the chance to stand back from our situation and to get perspective. And by, by rushing over and by rushing over this, uh, this response to the question of how are you, we, we lose that chance to connect as well with the, pe- with the people that we're talking to in a meaningful way. We also lose the chance to really look at our own hamster wheel. Um, we, lose that, we lose that opportunity to look at it in, in detail and um, perhaps very honestly as well. And, and that's understandable because getting off the hamster wheel isn't always very easy. Firstly, I think it can take some time between realising the need for change and then being ready to take the plunge. You know, for many, for many clients, I would say that at the start of a coaching journey, it's not, a, it's not unusual for someone to say to me that they, they have a fear of that change, but also they have a fear of not changing. They realise that getting off that hamster wheel needs to happen. Well, but what's going to replace it? What's going to what's going to be the result? And I think that this leads us on to really thinking about, well, how can we how can we get out of that busyness trap? How can we escape that? It's a cultural it's a cultural trap, I would say as well. But it's also it is a habit. And just because it's cultural doesn't mean that we can't do anything about it. And I really do believe that we can opt out of it. um, And there is a way to do that. First of all, I think it's about putting your personal development at the top of your list because when we when we opt out of challenging ourselves on any kind of automatic response what we're doing is we're we're not putting personal development at the top of our list we need to be self-aware and to see that actually any kind of automatic response that we're not looking into is is a missed opportunity in fact to maybe to to move forward and to do things in a slightly different a different way that's going to help us so what about these three steps then well i would say the first one the first step to escaping this busyness trap is really looking at the why coming back to what is really important to you if you're someone who is in this busy mode then coming back and and looking very honestly as to what is important is is absolutely the first the first step towards getting off that hamster wheel and forget about me time with candles and spa trips putting yourself on the top of your list is about making the decision that you have a purpose and a mission that is important you matter your contribution matters so creating your purpose by discovering and evaluating what is really important to you is the most important part of this whole process. And it's the start of forever stepping off the hamster wheel, in fact, because when you are doing what is important to you, when you realise as well that that is, that is why you are doing what you're doing, the hamster wheel is forever redundant. And without much further effort, I would say, prioritizing actions becomes much more simple you can delegate you can delete you can defer or you can do you have those four options and those options are so much easier when you know what's really important willpower actually is not required and isn't that good news 
The next step, I would say, is thinking about energy, not time. Now, for those of you who've been listening to me for some time, you'll you'll know that I talk about energy um, quite a lot. So do dig dig into previous episodes um, if you're interested to find out a little bit more about that. So for this thinking about energy rather than time, when we think about I'm too busy, we're thinking often I don't have the time. If we're thinking about energy, it's for me, it's more about thinking, well, I don't have the right kind of energy. How can I create that kind of energy? What do I need in order to be in that flow, into that positive flow where I can achieve a lot and I don't actually need possibly a lot of time to do it? So, for example, um, you might ask yourself, well, am I, am I truly present in meetings? Because often we can, we can have back-to-back meetings, well, is that really an effective use of my energy? And when I'm in those meetings, am I able to tap into that positive energy? Because am I truly present? Because if I'm not, then yes, that that is that's really contributing to a lot of busyness because it's not effective. And it's not a case of creating more time. It's about have being in the right, being in the right state, in a sense. And when we channel our energy and focus our attention, we can make quite amazing progress in a short amount of time. Think what you can do um, in a great conversation that lasts 10 minutes. If we have the energy in the right place, we can have that life changing conversation with somebody. We can improve someone's performance. We can improve our own performance by spending five minutes in in a state of flow where we're looking very carefully at our own performance with concentration, with intention. So the decision to use energy rather than time, I think, creates a huge impact on our productivity and our results because it gives us the space and the energy to focus on our performance. The second one, managing your emotions effectively. Now, I think managing our emotions and time are so closely related. It's very, it's it's almost uh, it's something we accept even within within our language. We talk about time flying or time dragging, depending on whether we're enjoying a certain situation. So our emotions play a huge role in our perception of time. And when we're in that busyness trap, feeling a range of unhelpful emotions overwhelmed or stressed or stuck it's it's very much part of the whole package of busyness isn't it and it can be hard to exit but interestingly I find that by managing our emotions we can often even in times of extreme busyness get out of this feeling of scarcity of time and back onto an even keel so how do we do that well the first thing is is by acknowledging and accepting emotions as data. When we do that, we can accept that, that that is how we are feeling, but we can also make a decision that we're going to move through that potentially difficult emotion. We're going to move onwards quickly from a negative emotional response, freeing up some energy to take action. Now, this, this takes This takes a bit of practice and of course it's not always, it's not always easy, but for many situations this is possible to do. And this can take us out of a mindset of 
not being not being in uh, in control or able to able to decide ourselves where our energy goes it can give us that give us that mindset of well actually yes this is difficult i feel frustrated i feel overwhelmed but actually now i need to be able to feel energetic in order to be able to do whatever this project is whatever the next action is so with having this kind of approach, it's a way also of speaking to ourselves in a way that's very productive. We don't gain time, but what we do gain is an access to a state of flow, to a state of positive energy and action. Now, this is not putting a positive spin on life. This is not, this is not ignoring difficult emotions. It's about accepting difficult emotions, accepting that something is difficult and, it, and maybe even saying, well, it's normal that this is difficult. This, of course, this is difficult. This is, this is a frustration, a frustrating situation. This is a difficult situation. This is a situation that is, that is a challenge for me. But by accepting that, yes, it's difficult, but actually I can approach it in this way. I can approach it with an energy that it, that is required. And often, of course, the, the irony is that in difficult situations, of course, we need more energy. We need that positive energy in order to move forward. So if we can, at the, at the same time, accept that something is difficult, accept that it's okay, that it feels difficult, but we can move forward anyway. We're, we're, using, we're using energy and we're using then time, as it were, to, to be able to step forward. So those three, those three, t- um, pro- that three-step process. I think they're all the three things really link together. So being being very aware of what what the why is, clarifying the why, working out what's really important, because then we we can make those priorities without having to rely on willpower. Secondly, by thinking about energy. Um, not time and finally managing your emotions effectively those three things are all interlinked and yet together so powerful and escaping the business trap is absolutely life-changing for many high achieving leaders it leaves them with greater control over their time their energy and emotions and a far better balance in their lives for clients it's frequently the initial part of their coaching journey because once we've done that work we free up the space to focus on their big goals so often this is the uh, this is a first step towards opening the door towards amazing opportunities and amazing possibilities and and then the question of question is well how do how do we want to best use our energy and we go back in fact over these three steps but we're able to take much much bigger steps forward be much more expansive and start to look at the really big goals that people want to achieve well, I hope you found that useful and do let me know what you think and do join me again um, another time. Thank you. Bye bye.